carry on and plan the sequel. Because let's face it, baby, these days, you gotta have a sequel. Stop! Welcome back to Horror Queers. It's a special bonus review, and I'm Joe. And I'm Trace, and we are discussing Gabriel Beardislason's Attachment, a new queer horror film that's uh, streaming on Shudder right now, everyone. Mm-hmm. So, folks, we are going to be spoiling this, so if you have not seen the film, be sure to go and check it out. And Trace, I'm going to say it off the top, I like this one, and I recommend it. I do too. Yeah, I think this is, I, I, we've had some questions actually about these kind of bonus episodes because people are like, oh shit, like, is this a full length main feed episode? Like, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I think what we're kind of doing now is like, as queer horror films come out, like, we're just going to start dropping fun minisodes on them, right? Yeah, and it doesn't preclude us from covering them as full length episodes down the line, but it's mostly that we're trying to draw people's attention to them, even just to reinforce, hey, there's a bunch of queer horror coming out. And I'm not going to lie, Trace, like, we're not even hitting all of them because no. we can't even keep up no i mean we'd have to create a whole other podcast just for because that's the funny thing right when we started this like we weren't getting a deluge of queer horror films to like mm -hmm. build a podcast around and now it seems like honestly if you wanted to you really could just with new releases yes yeah but um but yes no, i too would recommend this i quite liked this i think this is a film where the performances elevate the mostly solid script that i have a few issues with but um mm -hmm. yeah overall this is like a three and a half for me i think yeah this was tottering somewhere between a three and a half and a four it it doesn't lose me in the last act it's more just kind of yeah okay it goes more or less where i expected i will say though the the very climax if we want to maybe be generous with how bombastic it actually is i was kind of pleasantly surprised that it's low-key and sort of more emotional character driven as opposed to oh we're going really big possession exorcism scene well even the way it's resolved i really liked that because it's not what you would normally expect from a possession film and i i've been on record saying that i'm really over possession movies like i have mm -hmm. seen so many of them and it's <laughs> so hard to deviate i'm sorry maybe it's not hard to deviate but people are not deviating from the norms when it comes to <laughs> possession like, films deviate harder people i want to see more deviation yeah i, I was intrigued already because okay cool it's, we have jewish horror with this and of course we're going back down the realm of divix which um i think we dealt with in the vigil i believe so yeah although i will give the film props for literally having a scene where it's like it could be a golem it could be a divic it could be black magic and i was like oh you got me because i'm expecting one of these but now i don't know which one it is man how were you not hoping it would be that, that the, the woman that they were like oh some people say she's good some people say she's, say she's evil uh, we don't really know i mean you're supposed to expect that oh shit that could be the mother so folks we've not talked about what this movie is. yes i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> basically it is a queer love story between leah who is ellie kendrick who folks may recognize from game of thrones or an education she is a british jew who is doing a little bit of studying over in denmark and she meets maya who is josephine park who is in a movie called baby fever that i maybe should have scene i don't know i don't know but but she's great <laughs> she's fantastic all of these you yeah. said it off the top i'm in full agreement these performances are really carrying the film because it's a quiet film 
it's a very sexy film, despite the fact that it's not incredibly sexual. Like, these two actresses have great chemistry. Well, here's the thing, you know, this is another film that kind of defies genre, because it really starts out as a romance drama. Mm -hmm. There's a hefty amount of humor in this movie that I really like, that just comes from genuine human awkwardness and interactions. Mm -hmm. And then we go more into horror territory as the film goes on, as we're starting to see with a lot more films nowadays. But yeah, uh, I was... It's so funny. So, you know, I had to watch this last minute today, and I was kind of like, okay, I'm going to watch this slow, like, Jewish horror lesbian possession movie. <laughs> oh my god, your preconceived my, I know, I, but, but, but Joe, like, literally 10 minutes in, I was like, I am on board, because of the chemistry mm-hmm. between these two actors. And again, how kind of lighthearted it was, even though I was, mm-hmm. I knew we were going into darker territory, I was just immediately captivated by these two actresses. Oh, yeah. They have a meet-cute in a bookstore where Maya, <laughs> she got famous as an actress playing an elf on a really terrible-sounding Danish sitcom <laughs> kind of thing for kids. And she now lives solely by doing kind of public appearances in character. She lives in her dead mother's house. And, you know, she seems fun and flirty and okay and then she meets leah and they hit it off immediately like it's so meet cute rom-com i was totally on board and then all of a sudden leah gets a little sick and she's got to go home and for the horror fan you immediately recognize the signs you're like oh mom calls and Leah is suddenly afflicted by like shakes and ticks and tremors and then she has a full-on seizure breaks her own leg from mm-hmm. the sights of it yeah it's good stuff and you're like oh this bitch got a curse on her yeah well okay mm-hmm. so that's uh, <laughs> shall we uh, shall we go full spoiler <laughs> yeah let's go full spoiler now so my issue because i get the actors elevate this this script for me and i feel like i'm making this complaint a lot and maybe it's from sundance and from just watching a lot of festival films but it's a thing mm-hmm. where i'm like i'm seeing a lot of films that again kind of defy genre where they're starting as something else and then kind of become a horror film as we reel into the third act my problem is that so many of the third act horror stuff are so incredibly tropey. All these possession things that I've seen before. Mm-hmm. And with this movie specifically, it's, I think it's fairly, it's telegraphed fairly early on that the mother right. is protecting Leah. She is not actually hurting her. And so we have a case where it's like, if one character would just tell everyone <laughs> the truth, <laughs> it's not even that the whole thing could be avoided, but we could maybe be handling the situation differently. Yes. I uh, Okay. I hear everything that you're saying. I'm in agreement with you mostly. Mm-hmm. I feel like the film actually does a reasonably good job of saying, oh, we know that you know that it's the mom, but is she protecting her or is she not? And it kind of waffles you back and forth because then you start to think, oh, maybe it's the uncle. The uncle acts a little bit shady. Oh, but now the uncle seems to be helping. Like, I think the film gets a lot of mileage out of you think you know which way it's going to go, but then you have questions and you're uncertain about this character now, although you're still pretty sure you know where it's going to go. I think because and that's where the queerness comes into play, right? Because you're, you're like, okay, we're, we're dealing with a heavily religious woman. I'm sorry, two people with the, with the mom and the uncle. So mm-hmm. you're like, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe it's something they're doing against them because they're queer, even though most uh, both of them, I think, say at least once, like that's not... There's no issue here with that. Like, we don't care. Yeah, I think the uncle even says, you know, maybe it should be like, maybe I should be more concerned, but also I don't care. (laughs) But I think, though, just because the general tone of the early parts of this movie were more 
happy and optimistic i didn't think we were actually going to go into like oh the mom is trying to like hurt her daughter territory and Mm -hmm. whether that's me and just the wealth of films i have seen i don't know or if it's the movie not doing its job i don't know i mean you tell me well that's interesting because i i was the same way but then there's a moment where maya says you know as soon as she gets better as soon as leah gets better we're going to travel or maybe go somewhere different and you just see the mom's eyes kind of go like giant as saucers i can't allow this to happen and at this point yeah you could take it either way it's oh she's protecting her and she can't let her get away because then she won't be protected anymore Or it could be mom is so possessive that, you know, like there is a scene earlier where Maya literally witnesses her possibly re-break her daughter's leg. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, this is clearly a personal thing. You were not fooled by any of this, is what you're saying. (laughs) Because I was just like, oh, she doesn't want her to go because the the possession reoccurred when she was away from home. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I was just putting two and two or maybe three and three together. Yeah, but but nevertheless, though, that that doesn't affect like I, my recommendation on this film. I mean, yes, am I a little annoyed because I'm like, oh, like it didn't turn me off, just like you. It just kind of made me less engaged with the film because I was kind of like, okay, I I see the wheels turning here. That's interesting. I I think it went down a little bit easier for me. My slight complaint, particularly in the middle section where it is a lot of, ooh, can we trust the mom? She's acting shady. Ooh, she wears a wig, all this other stuff. And I'm just like, <laughs> these are just regular older lady things. Right. She likes to make her daughter soup. But um, my big thing was you actually lose a lot of Leah because she spends the middle part of the mm-hmm. film unconscious as secretly behind the scenes the mom and the uncle are trying to get her back under control make sure that the dipic doesn't get full control or get out yeah i i guess the what was working for me in those sections is so i actually i really like watching people try to like broaden their horizons so watching mm-hmm. maya try to learn more about jewish customs and interact right. with the uncle i was like, oh, I, I actually i mean i know this isn't like really the horror stuff we're here for but i find a lot of this really really fascinating because mm-hmm. i don't admittedly i don't know a lot about jewish culture you know born and raised catholic we didn't really like learn about judaism very much but (laughs) i like watching other characters do that especially in the interest of of, um, helping a loved one right and watching her interactions with the mother because we do yeah we shift away from maya and leah over to maya and hannah here Mm -hmm. and and it all builds to that fantastic moment when she tells her i love your daughter you idiot (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i thought of you when that moment happens yeah because she just fully comes up with it like because so often a lot of horror films rely on characters as you said Mm -hmm. not saying what they should actually just say and i do appreciate that in this film hana says at the end of it yes the reason i couldn't tell her is because i never would have seen my happy daughter again i didn't want her to have to live with the black cloud of knowing oh hey baby girl you got a dipic on your back for the rest of your fucking life sorry so i did appreciate that but it also you know there's a lot of machinations where you just think well somebody would just fucking say something that would be helpful well it's the thing we're seeing so many horror films now it's not even like the meta stuff but it's like again they're subverting our expectations of what we're used to seeing in horror films and i think that even though i wasn't as high on bar- barbarian as other people were i think barbarian's a really good example of a film doing that mm-hmm. but with this i was kind of like yeah but then again you have the the exorcism itself that did subvert my expectations because rather than them having to pry this demon out based mm-hmm. on these specific rules of this ritual this black magic ritual the dibbick's like oh well i'm just gonna leave now and then um 
one of you or all of you have to die. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you said earlier that you enjoyed seeing this filtered through a, a lens or a culture that you weren't overly familiar with. And mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things that Attachment is doing exceedingly well. Yeah. I imagine that this movie does play better for a Jewish audience who are accustomed to particular rituals and they're probably picking up things either faster or in a slightly different context but i found that the film was actually really good for goys such as you and i mm -hmm. to pick up things and to play on like oh okay so we're seeing little things of salt in the corner that could be good that could be bad based on the rules of like horror or judaism <laughs> well but but i wonder too i mean how much of that though was going to be known by more casual god this is like casual jews as opposed to more orthodox jews right mm -hmm. and i'm actually in something like this i'm always curious too yeah so 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 maya is clearly our audience surrogate for not right. for, for us goys who don't mm -hmm. really get the deal because she has to learn things about the religion sure i wonder if we, if any of the Jews out there, any Jewish listeners we have, are find find any of this to be didactic in a way that they're right. like, okay, y'all, we get it. Like, let's, let's move <laughs> along the story. <laughs> I see Chalabred in the store window and checkmark. Let's move on. <laughs> Chalabred, Joe. <laughs> yeah, Chala. Oh my god, <laughs> even I know that. <laughs> No, but honestly, I mean, I think one of the big selling features for non-Jew viewers is this film makes it so easy to break into the culture. And we should acknowledge that, yeah, this is set in an Orthodox Jew neighborhood, and that does have its own sort of like specific, I was going to say peculiarities, that's not right. <laughs> it has its own unique sort of qualifiers and customs and characters. And I do think that that enriches the narrative so that even mm -hmm. if you're not in love with the horror stuff, there's a lot of interesting components to latch onto in the film. Yes. And again, I'm going to bring back that humor I mentioned earlier, like even like right before the, 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 the ritual at the end, you know, you have the uncle that's going like, all right, so we're going to bring in this thing called the devourer. There's going to be a soul in the middle. And like mm -hmm. that soul is going to be the one that the devourer will devour. devour. <laughs> <laughs> I love that pause. <laughs> it's so fun. So, I mean, again, like it's like, it's a horror film. I, I didn't even, I, I found this very moody and atmospheric. I didn't necessarily find it scary, but I did like the brief conversation we get too between the Dybbuk and the mother mm -hmm. where she's like, I, you know, it sucks being trapped for 20 years, but I watched you ruin your life for all 20 of those years because I will yeah. tell you like 90% of those rituals you were doing were useless. <laughs> I love that the Dybbuk figure is just a full-on piece of shit trickster, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I also love that this movie clearly does not have a huge budget. Like, it is no. relying on its actors. It's set principally in just Leah's apartment. And then we go to a little cottage at the end for the finale. But overall, yeah, like, we don't have money for special effects extravaganza. But I did love the really subtle makeup job on Leah mm -hmm. when the Dybbuk really takes possession like obviously she's got the kind of like baby bump belly which is very disconcerting when she just wakes up in the morning one day like well, oh do you eat a soul or something because it sometimes looks on? like it sometimes looks like, it looks like it's higher than her actual belly like it's yeah between it's too her, high yeah it's unnatural it's, yeah and I, I like that i mean it's a simple change but it's one where i was mm -hmm. like ooh, what is that <laughs> yeah and then you see her face has become almost pockmarked mm -hmm. and scarred and stuff and i was Black just like lips. oh it's really good like it's subtle and it's not showy, but it's affected because you immediately realize 
oh, that's not Leah anymore. Yeah, I, I, all of this was really working for me. So yeah, I, I guess I'm leaning more to a three and a half than I was a three earlier. But um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, low budget, simple, never dull, never boring. I'm really glad that Shutter nabbed this one. But I guess what, what do we make then of the ending, right? So of course, Hannah sacrifices herself to save mm-hmm. her daughter. And again, Which I'm kind of like, we all yeah, saw coming. Yeah, yeah. For, for, like, like, yeah. <laughs> I see it. But at the same time, <laughs> I, 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 I didn't find it too saccharine no it was one of those things where it's expected but that doesn't undermine how emotionally resonant it was so when it happened i felt bad because i thought oh in a way the dipic was right like hana really did kind of ruin her not ruin her life but she sacrificed a lot right like yeah she seems like such a, a sad figure and really the only thing that was keeping her going is her daughter so of course she's going to make this ultimate sacrifice and then at the end of the day it's like oh wow what a sad figure she is but then what do you make then of the coda we have at the end where maya still has a bag full of these like dibic warding off materials in her backpack i mean I just think she's ready for anything now. She's like, cool, I got my girl. We're going to go travel a little bit. But also, I will never be not ready for this ever again. Like, I got a backpack arsenal ready to go so we can just go and enjoy our lives. Yeah, I, I agree. I also I didn't even think about this, the fact that the movie just kind of reinforced that lesbian stereotype, though, of like, lesbians move in together right away. Oh, 100%. <laughs> fully expecting to see, like, U-Haul lesbians in descriptions of this movie because... <laughs> Leah basically stays over for one night and then that becomes a couple of nights and then, <laughs> and then they move when she gets ill basically Maya just moves back to London with her <laughs> you're like okay yeah well. But yeah, no, um, this is this is a win for me. Um, I've actually never seen any of Gislason's other films, but um, I, I'm oh, I guess they're shorts. I'm sorry. This is his feature debut actually. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing what he does in the future because this I mean, again, low budget film very very solid mm-hmm. maybe he'll get snapped up by blumhouse and he can make a terrible stephen king adaptation that's probably oh wait that's just the other jewish horror director that oh, did firestarter god don't don't put that in the universe joe please <laughs> <laughs> no i'm in agreement with you i'm interested to see what he's going to do next i feel like i want to keep an eye on josephine park also like maybe she principally does danish films but uh she seems like one to watch she does actually i just saw so that uh what was the the um baby fever is actually a tv show that she's in so i'll have to see that okay maybe that's why i know it Hmm. but yeah i think that park is the mvp of this movie but that is to not give uh to take anything away from also from sophie grabble who plays the uh, hana uh i I like ellie kendrick it's just that leah doesn't doesn't really have as much to do until that final bit yeah she's the the meet cute girlfriend in the beginning and then she's basically just kind of the victim for the rest of the film but she when she does get stuff to do she is great and again chemistry between these two leads is great which I do appreciate because, um, well, folks want to listen to our Patreon episode on Knock on the Cabin coming up. Uh, Chemistry is important. <laughs> Chemistry is important. But let, let's put a pin in that and y'all can go listen to our Patreon episode. Go subscribe today. There we go. <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, until our next queer horror surprise bonus episode, I think we can cross out attachment. Indeed. And cross out horror queers. <laughs> 